It's three Singapore stakes in a row for Bowrogi. One by Let's alope, ranged up on the outside to tackle Prince Saleri, who won't give in. Prince Saleri's to the leader, let's alope, getting to it. Let's alope, Prince Saleri, let's alope on the outside, might have just beaten Prince Saleri. Maldivian's done it all, he's a length in front, Elamosa diving out wide late, Maldivian hanging on and won the CFO. She's too good though, Typhoon Tracy, and a comfortable win in the CFO by a length and a half. Into the straight now, Black Caviar, the awesome racehorse, races to the front. She's kicked away now, she's home, she's three legs. Hartnell and Mr. Sneaky, it's thrown him just in front of Lord of the Sky at the 50. Hartnell's lifting, Hartnell lifting, the big boys come back in style. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for getting our preview edition of the All Stakes Day, bit of Katrina and the Waves, because it is sunshine all around and it's always sunshine where we talk form and try and find a few winners with Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning, mate. Hey, good morning, Rolfie. What a sensational morning it's going to be today. Oh, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, it's been fun doing this form for Caulfield. Uh, some good horses coming back. And the old uh, the old adage of this time of year, trainer's intent will be part of our thinking too. How much are coming to play tomorrow at Caulfield and how much is there still more to come? So uh, that'll, that'll be part of our thinking going into it. Caulfield, track good, well, true. What's the typical setup for a Caulfield meeting? Well, you know, the old saying, Ralphie, if, you, if there's any possibility to get out lanes 10 or wider, you can have some huge advantages. That's going to be the best place. If you can get there, the smaller fields, I yes. don't know how likely that's going to be. So it's all, all going to get down to that race shape. Fast pace, probably going to suit the on-pace runners a lot more and the closer to the fence you are, the better. Yep. But if it's, a, if it's an even speed, bigger fields, then we could look at some horses that are going to get out deep on the turn and try and make a difference. But there's no Ollie anymore, is there? <laughs> is Mark Sarah becoming the new Ollie, yeah. getting out the best lanes? <laughs> well, he's a master of Caulfield, so 100%. People need, riders need to follow him. Absolutely. So before we get into Caulfield and do the, do our deep dive there, starting, of course, with the CFO stakes, we did pr- promise a bonus race. The Eskimo Prince stakes, so many promising three-year-olds and Vince, I've I cannot remember ever seeing this. At this stage, looking at the markets, seven runners, the favourite, Cabalas, 450, the outsider, who's the outsider? The Celestial Legend and Macarena, both at $7. <laughs> it's just, it's the tightest spread I've ever seen in a race. Well, 
with a little bit of luck, we might be able to pull it apart and see if we can find the value amongst the value. <laughs> Absolutely. you just got to find the winner. That's all we're going to do. Yep. Although there's some talent there. Uh, so you've, you've got – I'll just we'll, – we'll do this in, in uh, probably dot point form here. So Caulfield Winnie's winner, Griff, is number one. Uh, he seems to have tried to right to the eye. He was a horse, though, who evolved with racing. He um, the last prep, he kicked off, you know, an unplaced run over 1,100 metres before he went on to win the start. And then the Caulfield Guineas and the chain seemed to be once he went forward in his races. What's uh, what's your thoughts with him tomorrow over 1,200? Well, he's certainly a horse that's got plenty of talent, like you said, Ralph. If we look at that last run at Caulfield that he finished off the campaign with, unbelievable. Plus one, 1.1 above, ninth best of the day. Excellent performance all the way out to a mile. Coming back to 1,200 metres, this is a horse that in his early sort of campaign has demonstrated that he's capable. If we look at that Warwick Farm run on the 12th of the 6th, half a length below benchmark when he won that particular race. It was a small field, not easy to try and, you know, run some time the interesting part was when i looked at the matrix moving forward on these horses since that run it was sort of indicating that it's around a benchmark profile so that that's good but this horse has got class and a hundred percent is capable just the question mark is this are they going to be a hundred percent ready first up i just thought it was interesting ben mallowan on board sort of gives me a bit of an inkling that there is a possibility that this could be the case. And I do feel, if I'm looking at all the horses, who gets the best run? I would say Griff does. Just my only reservation with the rider, even though I feel that's the right engagement, is he the perfect Ramwick rider? Yes, being Victorian based, the uh, the stable of communicated Australian guineas is its grand final, so that's right. two runs away. There you go. So that that sort of fits that profile, and would be why he would make sure he doesn't want to lose the ride either way. Tom Kitten is a horse that, uh, well, I mean, what type of upside this guy got? So what we do know from history is, if a horse has serious talent, it can sprint well first first up. Ralphie, he's headed for potentially being a star. Yep. Like a real serious star. We just look at his last run. <laughs> I love it. Plus 3.1, best of the day, out to 2,000 metres. That's a big sign about, like, where this horse is headed. And it doesn't have to find much more to get himself, like, in that elite bracket. Of, and importantly, uh, that plus first five, up, six, yeah. Importantly, first up, last prep now thirteen hundred. So this is thirteen hundred to twelve hundred. So your thoughts there? But last prep, that was a pretty big win over a Kintyre and Encap. I have no doubt. Whilst this may not be their grand final, obviously, yeah. right? They would have to have an expectation of a big sprint, even though this horse won't be at his top. The reality is, with a small field, no high pressure. If he can let down with his big acceleration, he's a massive chance of winning. And class-wise, he's the class horse. Right. Now, NCAP seems like, I mean, he's only been out to uh, 1,500. That was an end of prep miss there, but he um, he was beaten narrowly in the in the Golden Rose in a huge run. To me, seems like maybe he's going to be a mile or 2,000 horse in time. His trials in have been good, with the latest being uh, just close up to Tiz Invincible. I'm pretty sure he's a group one winner. I know she's a good horse off the top of my head. Uh, NCAP, what's his level of ta- talent like? Well, probably the big plus for NCAP is this. Class-wise at the moment, he's definitely behind Tom Kitten, and I'd say he's even technically behind Griff as well. 
But what this horse does have in its favour, if we, we race shape's going to be huge for this, Rolfie. If they run with no speed, this horse's four hundred meter acceleration is explosive. And if they're close together, I would have to say right now he's probably got the best four hundred meter sprint out of the pack. And for that reason, he remains very dangerous. If they run with a bit more pace than what's forecasted and they can get up around that even speed or slightly better, then his chances are diminished first up 1,200. Cabalas uh, went, went for a bit of money in a, in a sale from uh, from Chris Waller to Bjorn Baker and was in very impressive first up at uh, Rose Hill. What type of progression can you see him make tomorrow? It might have to do some miracle work, Bjorn Baker. He's capable of miracle. <laughs> yes. He is capable of doing that, but... He has to he has to find his best day and every other horse has to find their worst day to win. Well his favourite. Yeah, for oh, his favourite. No, no way. No, no, no yes way. It should be this is the first horse that should be twenty five to one. Okay. Moravia. Now Moravia finishes prep unplaced, but both in very good races in the golden uh, sorry, in the golden rose and the uh, and the Coolmore up the straight. Uh, had, had a little trial leading in, just the one though, and uh, it was behind Queen of the Ball, the stablemate. In fact, both stablemates here, people are the other one. Um, what's the level of talent have you got from Ravi? Expectations tomorrow. Well, this is a, this is a horse that's firmly like at that Griff level, that sort of one point nine range potentially. At twelve hundred meters, it's a benchmark plus a half horse on the rise. So, why not? Could this horse? potentially be in the mix. Again, if we just get down to a 400-metre sprint, I'm probably going to be favouring definitely Encat and Tom Kitten over this horse. And for that reason, I'd mark him behind the others. Only for that reason. On his day, he's capable right now of being effective. But uh, I've got to have him a little bit behind the other two, Ralphie, for now. Celestial Legend, very lightly raced. Seems like it's got very good promise. It's first up. Run last prep was second to Osmosis, who went on to win that Coolmore. Well, this trainer, I like him, Ralphie. He's, <laughs> he's yeah. a literal legend, Les Bridge. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's very good, very good. He doesn't bring him here to muck around. He's already franked himself as like a rock-solid plus 1.2 horse, and I have no doubt this is the, the gun on the scene the one that probably everybody needs to be most wary of. He does have the capacity on his last 400 metres to be able to potentially match NCAP on a sprint. And for that reason, he's the, in my view, probably the only other horse that can score victory. All right, and Arctic, uh, sorry, not Arctic Glamour, Arctic Glamour beat Macarena in a trial. Macarena's an evolving filly starting just her second prep with Team Hawks. Well, the Hawks stable are very good. Hopefully, they're looking at races beyond 1,400 metres. I would say tomorrow is not their day. All right. So, in summary, uh, is, it, uh, is it the type of race that interests you? Well, now that I've had another look at the, the pattern and the shape, at this point in time, there has to be some interest. Tom Kitten versus NCAP. And Celestial Legend, this is where we're at. We're, we're down to these three horses. So the mounting yard's going to be important. And we will have, have gotten the opportunity to see some of those early races. How quick is this track going to be? Yep. 
All right. Well, they'll be in your race speed profiles tomorrow as well as, uh, you know, expected speed. So that's just a quick overview there. Let's ring the ore stakes, the group one, cracking race. And it starts with Mr. Brightside is the obvious uh, uh, starting point given his talent level. But this is going to be a race with speed. Here's the art versus the craft here, Vince. Not just speed. How fast do you think they're going to go here? Well, Two fast leaders, Buffalo River and, of course, Pride of Ginny, the new iron horse of Australian racing. Yeah. Do you feel that they're going to go explode on no on the Jenny first up? No, I wouldn't think so. I think uh, I think her, her profile is put, pull all the stops out when it's uh, when it's grand final time and where she's very fit. So have you got a view right now like where you believe possibly their big target's going to be? Yeah. Uh, well, I think actually the owner instructed the, the stable not to say anything to the to the to the whole different story. But I would I would think uh, third up All Star Mile would be its grand final. Right, so the stable Mr. Brightside, by the way. Oh, so is there a zip tie on? Not allowed to talk. Yes, yes, yes. So owners aren't allowed to say something, even though they own the horse. No, no, the owner's allowed to say something. He's instructed the trainer and the jockey not to tell it to oh, talk about right. future players. So there you go. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. Right. Well, Pride of Jenny got to be the new love horse and <laughs> is definitely going to be a star. Again, I feel this campaign. 1,400 metres, if there's ever a day you want to take it on, this would be probably one of the only times you can consider it. Yes. Will be tomorrow at 1,400 metres. Pace-wise, the reason why I want to ask you about the pace is if Buffalo River might not go that fast, Ralphie, unless it's really urged. So if Pride of Jenny is just happy to roll out and just be part of the the game of the race, right, and not try and say, let's, let's string them along, then it could be nowhere near as fast as one might think. Uh, yes. Yes, so because of course not just intent, but then you've got Buffalo River who's who's getting a bit older, and but he you know he comes off having a reasonably soft time at, in uh, in that uh, fourteen hundred uh, two weeks back at Australia Day, so uh, he can go very fast at he at his peak, but there's no real need for either of these because it just looks like they're going to be landed to lead the two of them. Well, this is it. So now when we sort of crystallise that. The expectation pace-wise, if you sort of have a look at the intel and just focus in and dial in on what the expectation is around this 1,400 metre mark, it is a possibility that we might only go benchmark plus one, Ralphie. Yeah. So does Mr. Brightside get second line or third line? By the look of your graph, there's probably a fair expectation it's third line behind Pericles and V8 taking the second line. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I feel they're going to be able to park them anywhere they want. Yeah. And it's not going to matter. I really don't feel it's going to matter at all where they park the horse. If they park him second line or third line, because it'll be no duress for the horse at all. None. He's just a beauty. So his first up profile, obviously, is fantastic. His profile full stop is fantastic. But he's not going to be at his best. He, again, his grand final's third up. Your level of expectation tomorrow on what he will be bringing to the table. Well, it's pretty simple. We, well, let's just look at his 1,400-metre profile. He rarely comes in and runs below plus three, regardless. I mean, that's his starting point for 1,400 metres. First up, he he's setting the bar that everybody's going to have to turn up and run to that level as a minimum just to even potentially be competitive. We're not even talking about 
this horse being at his top, obviously. But the reality is this is where it needs to be. And if that first section is just even sort of pace, there is no horse in this race that has anywhere near the sustained speed this horse has got. I mean, you just go look at that first up run at Sandown. Very similar break, 98 days. Look at those last two splits, 7-1 between the 8 and the 4 above and 7-4 above last 400. That's a combined 14 and a half lengths. They, yep. they, forget it. <laughs> that was in this race last year when it was at Sandown. But look, he, he was unplaced in that. So that, and the only reason I say that, so you, uh, the only reason I say that, and it was a blanket finish, was is that does is there a chance that race shape can be against him if he's third line? No, and, and no, no. The reason okay. why I say that is it's impossible to go that slow, right? <laughs> and you have to look at that shape that day, right? Yep, that was as bad as he can get it. It's just. Buffalo River isn't going to go minus five. No. <laughs> He's going to run benchmark. That's about him. That's about his pace if no one's going to challenge him. It's going to be benchmark, possibly plus one. If Pride of Jenny does or Pericles says, all right, we'll put a little bit of engagement in, the the slowest that you're going to see Mr. Brightside running is probably minus five. That's six lengths off him. But I feel that if he's third line back, he's going to be four and a half, five off him, travelling somewhere around four to five lengths below benchmark at worst. And goodness me, at Caulfield, last 350 metres when he turns for home, he's going to be electric. <laughs> he's won three from four at the track. The uh, the second line horses to talk about here. So V8's the interesting one here. And, and I just want to put on the table, Vince, it's always important about trader expectations and uh, and grand finals. So the prize money here, let me just look at it. I think it's uh, three quarters of a million dollars. The prize money for V8 is millions because as a cult, if we can win this, get that group one on the CV, it's worth very, very big dollars. So all I'm saying to you is tomorrow it's all stops out. It's grand final for this horse, and then they'll take it from there. What type of expectation can he bring to the table second up off a good Mooney Valley returning run? Yeah, so he's probably just – I have a little bit of a challenge here. He's like borderline just outside of the bounce theory, right? Like that 84-day let-up spell, some people might say, to Mooney Valley, and he's gone bang, plus 1.4. Yep. If I take the bounce theory into consideration, that's a peaking run, and he turns up 14 days later – Let's say, now, this is what I'm crystal balling, right? Yep. I don't even expect this horse to do this, right? Let's say he runs to that level. He's going to run last. As far as if he if he just holds, no it, chance. holds it on. If he just runs to the Mooney Valley race, he can't win. Yeah. So so what type of expectation if he can improve on it? Okay. So yep. here's the crystal balling. Can you see this horse improving three lengths? Three would be a stretch. Yeah. Okay. So if he improves three... 100%, he'll be on the podium. If he improves two, he's going to be borderline outside place chance. And if he only improves one length, he won't run last, but he'll be behind the top four. And if he runs to his last start, you know, like Ralphie, he, he would be, a, he, he's a sensational risk. He's a sensational risk at 1,400 metres. And I'm not trying to knock the horse. I just think McAvoy, I don't know, all of a sudden, you know, money, all these things coming to play. It doesn't look like the right strategy. That's all. And Pericles is a fourteen hundred horse. That, that, that's for sure. And he, he's sort of an evolving horse. I really tried, tried to do a deep dive on this, Vince. 
And um, one of the things that really struck me was the, he's only had three preps. So for a four-year-old, often they run at two. This horse didn't run at two. It's like he's he's sort of he's still got his best in front of him. I think this horse, and you know, he finished off his last prep second in that Golden Eagle. Took our, our our horse Obama to get past him in a big sprint. His trial leading was good. I think he's coming to play tomorrow. Well, he's so he's the interesting thing now that and like and I don't want to be rude about V8 or anything like that because I, f- I feel this horse has got lots of ability and he's probably got a lot more potential and he could evolve to be a, a greater horse than what he already, already is. But let's say we do a matchup, him versus Pericles. Just in their last start performances, Pericles is already over a length better and better suited at this distance. So this is the starting point. And then when I put the matrix on it, the matrix is saying the gap's even greater. In Pericles' favour. And then I sit back and say, okay, let's have a look at that run at Rose Hill. 1.9 lengths below benchmark first section. Between the 8 and the 4, minus 2.8. Has a slowdown of a length and then rips out a plus 5.3 last 400. I go down and just look at his last dozen starts. That's almost his perfect sprint off a faster pace than what he normally does to run that sort of last 400. Without the slowdown, now he's got the slowdown to to take into consideration. I sit back and say, yeah, he's he's a, he's a plus three runner with a lot of confidence. Where is in his campaign? He's had four runs in. I would say James Cummings may not have anything much more left in the tank other than what the horse can evolve. He's got the right rider on board. Are there any possibility of lanes? I don't know. Maybe will he try and angle out and get that Mark Sarrell, he's going to be the best guy to know that from a rider point of view, but he's he's a serious threat. Well, he's about $8, so there, there's, uh, yeah. there's uh, from a shopping point of view, let's touch on the other runners quickly. Munamek, um in racing history, follows his last ride and that, that miracle. Uh, will he need a miracle race shape-wise tomorrow because he'll be back in the field from the outside of the nine? Yeah, he'll be back in the field, but he comes with the right profile. The, make no mistake, that last run at Ascot was fantastic. It was a plus 2.8. Very, very strong performance. His last 800 metres of sustained speed isn't as good as Mr. Brightside. That's the downside, unfortunately, right? But it was still excellent. It doesn't... You know, I'm always this have this thought about when they come over from Ascot, they've, they've got to... A, be, you know, right in the yard in terms of their parade, and B, hopefully they've had enough time here to be ready to go for this race. I wouldn't be surprised if he potentially gets on the podium. It wouldn't surprise me because in a lot of aspects, I feel this is a good race for him. There's just a couple of really, really classy horses that he just, well, this is probably his only day he's going to be able to try and catch him, maybe. Bustle ran fourth in that race. He had the wrong setup that day. As we discussed when we were covering Perth, the 1,800 back to 1,400. No speed left in his legs. But that railway stakes win was serious. He's set for the All-Star Mile, so third up. But he's he sort of had a small sort of prep and looks in good order in that trial. So, Ralphie, can I just ask you, out of these horses, how many of those are going to go to the All-Star Mile? Oh, I think my, I think most are set for it. I mean, as I said, I think V8s come. Uh, you know, the full intention is tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, I think the uh, the likes of a tissue, Pride of Jenny, Mister Brightside, maybe Pericles, they're all sort of set for it, and definitely Bustler. 
Well, it's going to be Monday's session is going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> if these, if the ones I feel are coming, because really there's only two stars here, right? Yeah. Yeah, Bustler, fantastic horse that run three starts back, four point four above over a mile, just shows the class he's got. His last run, like you said, he was having the challenges all the way up to eighteen hundred, back to fourteen hundred. No surprise to see the drop back. He could have the bounce theory. This is probably an ideal race for him. If I was trying to work out who's better, him or Moonamac, out of the two, I'm, you know, maybe leading towards Moonamac out of those two. But I don't know if they've got what it takes to be in the finish tomorrow. Track distance stats is Erton. He's twenty to one for a reason, and that is uh, he, he looked like he was going to be a Group One horse early days. So many things have gone wrong in his career. Nowadays, his wins have been workmanlike. Recently, this track, this distance, and he, he's just below what he was producing as a younger horse. Yeah, it's a, probably a pity because this horse obviously had the capability of being, you know, a real, you know, super talent. And that Caulfield run had a lot of merit just below benchmark, even on, on the race matrix when you stress tested, it came in slightly above, which is a good sign. Where does he need to be? Probably needs to run. Yeah, Ralphie, I'm, I'm I'm not going to beat around the bush, not tomorrow. And a tissue, interesting horse, particularly for multis. Gee, she's got some talent now. <laughs> Again, like I said, grand final race, the All-Star Mile. But uh, this is a relatively short break since the spring, and she can pull out a big finish first up. Can. This is another horse that has phenomenal sustained speed over 800 metres, particularly when it can breathe and relax, where potentially you're going to get this scenario possibly coming to play tomorrow. So that'll help this horse. Of course, if we got down to the a tissue versus bright side in terms of a last 600 metres, 800 metres maximum type sort of finish, everything always points to bright side unless something's off. Um, yeah, he's capable. He's capable of uh, running boldly, but at 1,400 metres tomorrow, I'll probably just peg him slightly behind the others. In summary, it sounds like you're very happy with Mr. Brightside. It's only even money, though, so I know you won't be happy with that price. But uh, from a multis perspective, it looks like you've got Pericles as the second pick, even though he's fourth pick in the market. Yeah, well, that's that's probably the, the big danger, is Pericles. Let's have a look at the Rubiton. Again, trainers intense, a big one here, and it's fascinating because we've got a horse who's nice and short because on talent, she wins, and that's called Asphora. Firstly, before I ask you about the individual chances, what type of speed do you think here? And this is one of the few few fields tomorrow where there's genuine size in this field as well as pace. Yeah, there is, Ralphie. And the indicators are that the horses that are most likely going to be looking to challenge the lead, they're typical plus one, plus two horses just on natural speed without ask, asking for any extension at all. And extension will most likely be needed here. So it wouldn't surprise me if they're... They could be running three to five lengths above the standard. And from that position, you really want to be stalking or no sort of further back than you know, three, three, five lengths? Well, this is it. Yeah. When I went through that, I marked three horses in the blue zone. <laughs> As for a coin of the ball and Vivianne. Yes. And then I said to myself, good luck the rest. Okay, well, let's start with Asphora. Like I said, um, trainers intend is, is a real thing. This time last year, first up was in the Oakley Plate. She ran very well. Uh, but then last prep, back to uh, 1,100 rather than the uh, at Group 3 level where she was able to just do it on her terms. She won 
and probably a good setup for her tomorrow. Her best is just better than this field. It'll be how close she is to her best. Her grand final is in two weeks in the Oakley Plate. Oh, right. So that's the scenario there. Okay, well... I would suspect this horse has got to be super fit. Yeah. Wouldn't have had too much time out. Looking at that 1,100-metre profile, it's a little bit like Mr. Brightside. It's hard to see this horse running somewhere below plus three. It's really hard. So even if I, I, I say plus 2.5, it sets the benchmark about where you need to be to be competitive. Now, I've, I've gone super conservative and, and to give at least – chance for the race, right? So I, I, I'm not completely blindsided. I said, okay, the, the score needs to be around 1.6 or better to be competitive. But the reality is, if you isolate and just look at the technical details of Asphora, it's more like you need 2.6. And, and as soon as I say 2.6, it just completely says there's nobody. <laughs> right? So that's the that's the dangerous part. And I don't want to necessarily say to myself that there is nobody because you, you just mentioned that like it's grand finals, the next one. So is it going to be all chips in here? So maybe that length back opens up just for a couple of other chances. But really, as for a, it probably should come out and win. And yep. its price should only shorten for the Oakley Plate. So the next uh, group in your most advantage um, are all also five-year-old. Five I'm sure they're all five-year-old mares, uh, all first up. So we'll just go in order quickly. Vivian, evolving mare who just – she got into the into the zone last year, didn't she? Well, she got in the zone. It is behind Asphora because its profile sits around plus 1.5. The only insight I can give is I went and – timed a whole bunch of runners out of that Flemington jump out. Yep. And I'm going to say this to you, Ralph. This horse was like five, six lengths better than anybody else on the on the morning of trials. Mm. And it's a pity because if this four wasn't here, I would say to you that was a winning trial. It was a, a jump out, a winning jump out, absolutely a winning jump out. And I said to myself, well, man, you've come back big time. You've come back in a very serious way, and you are ready to go. Like, and then I, I look at the mapping and says, "Well, you're in the golden spot." Unfortunately, you probably have to run to a new PB to win, and that's because of S4. If that wasn't there, I'd say, "No, this is the horse I want to back." Yeah. And that was the Mr. Brightside trial, and she, Mr. Brightside was a long way off, and that's why she was going so fast. It was, Ralphie. It was an electric uh, jump out, and I'm not kidding you when I'm saying it was like six lengths better than anything else in the day. Matty Elton's a good trainer. He's a good trainer full stop, but he can get him to come to play first up too. So, that, And that's that, what I felt like. Yeah. And then I looked at just the overall, how much intensity was the horse under? And look, I'm not going to say the horse could have gone much faster, but the intel sort of indicates yes. But it just shows, though, compared to everything else on the morning, whew. That was the that was the star. 
Well, according to the ball, it, it's uh, jump. It's, sorry, it's trial rather. Kenzo looked good to the eye, and you've uh, had a chance, obviously, to clock it against the stable mates, uh, Hippie Parara and Moravia. It, uh, it's got an interesting profile. She was a pure speed horse till Ollie did what Ollie does at Flemington, went back, took the sit, and was too good Derby Day as well. What level of talent she got to me? Is there a query that she's at her best on wet ground or just hasn't been seen enough on dry ground? Maybe hasn't been seen enough on dry ground because if we look at that Flemington run on the 4th or the 11th, there was a lot of merit there in that run, plus 1.6 when winning over 1,100 metres. Showed, you know, good sustained speed from start to finish. The race matrix is sort of giving indication that that run and that field strength was stronger. Therefore, we should have a level of confidence that not only is this horse going to be able to run to that 1.6, but could potentially get into... Well, this is the territory that I want to see. Could this horse get into that plus two and a half range potentially? Why not? And then it could be a competition against us for a maybe. <laughs> and I want to ask you about Zapatao. Uh, I thought it's trial. Mm-hmm. It made me say, let's forget about the spring. Maybe it just didn't come up. Well, if we forget about the spring... She was showing some talent last prep. Now, first up, it got it wrong in the Oakley Plate, mind you, and then was super at Rose Hill and Randwick, then dual group one place in South Australia. She's got a good level of talent. So if she brings her A game back, uh, she probably has to run down as, as for her, which is the obvious challenge. But can she be on the podium? Well, on, on, on its best performances, it does have a profile that sits firmly around plus 2.8 or 2.9 with an IVR figure. So, of course, it could definitely be there. Now, those performances of There is that Randwick run, Ralphie, back in 2022, over 1,100 metres. It's around two and a half above. So, just the race shape to the way it got that. If that race shape isn't... I don't... See, if they run to that sort of speed early, it's going to be too far back to be effective, even if it got into the lanes. It's just going to give it a little bit too much of a head start. So it'll be interesting to see what strategy they give Jamie Carr and then whether Jamie will listen, right, (laughs) to that strategy. And is this going to be their grand final, Rolfie? Uh, I'd suspect they want to see a really good run to see her back on track, and then if right. so, then she goes to the Oakley Plate as well. But I think they would they would be very keen to see her run to her best to, to show that she's now back in town. Well, so I wouldn't think there'd be any any restraint uh, intent wise. So uh, so I think she's going to be bringing whatever she can produce at, at her best level tomorrow. Well. Let's see. Yep. And hypothetical is your last one you've mentioned here. Gee, the jump outs have looked good. And she, she could be a bounce theory here, Vince. 84 days since her last win, which, of course, was this track, this distance. Well, it's a, a go-forward horse. Has that capacity. I am sort of taking a position that oh, you could come in the lanes. I'm, I'm not saying you can't because you, you sort of come straight out of that and you can present yourself in the lanes. And that could work against you if you're on a go-forward situation. But ability-wise, it's probably on its best, Ralphie. It's at least one length below what's needed. And the only reason why I'm keeping it there is at this stage is the fact that it's going to be up the front. And if no one takes any advantage of the lanes, it's going to still be there late. I'll quickly ask you about two very quickly. Ray Magnero, because it's in the market. Uh, can it have any speed in its legs left? Oh, what a fantastic trading performance. It's been racing since July. Yeah. What is it, 100 to 1? <laughs> it's $9. 
<laughs> oh, no. It's, Ralphie, that's bullshit. That is absolute <laughs> bullshit. That should be 90s. There you go. If there's one horse that's a double figure odds, I want to ask you about, just mainly for multis, but Sweet Ride, last up. Was it back on track? This is Stallion, Annabelle Neesham sort of had trouble getting it to put it all together. Can tomorrow be the day it puts it all together? It was good last start. And, you know, I could see Craig Williams trying to angle off the inside and try and get out in those lanes. And if they're getting tied up front, could it be the type that could run into a finish? Well, here's something interesting. Firstly, Annabelle Neesham. I feel that one of the things that she's been demonstrating in her, you know, since she's been on her own, that she's been just unbelievable with having horses ready to go fresh, right? Yep. And then having a bit of a challenge, not negatively, just having a bit of a challenge to hold that line. But what I'm noticing in more recent times, just with the last sort of dozen horses that I've looked at, is that there could be a little bit of a switch in her training where they're coming to town running superbly or first up, but there's a lot more to come. And I love that because if we see this evolution of Annabelle Neesham, she's going to be the new Waterhouse. No question about it. She's going to be the new Waterhouse in terms of being the gun trainer because that's what I want to see. And there is this potential with this sweet ride that we're already seeing that making of that because that last start run at Caulfield over 1,000 metres, 0.3 above, scored much higher on the race matrix. And then when I look at the breakdown, the structure of the race, this horse is screaming for this distance. So could be peaking tomorrow which I sometimes normally wouldn't say about Annabelle Neesham's horses. And I don't believe there's a ceiling on her. So who knows? Nice. Well, it's it's $19, so it's a type yeah, of horse. Yeah, I like that. that. Yeah, I'd, I'd put that in the multis for sure. Okay. Righto. We'll talk business, further business tomorrow, but it seems like it's as far as race to lose. It's a matter of how far below her best she has to be to lose, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. This, that's – well, like I said, there's the, it's a pity that uh, – as far as there against Vivian, I'm really, really, I'm actually disappointed that that's the situation. <laughs> Could they have been in two different races? I would have had a double collection. All right. We talked about speed. Now we're going to pick up the, the pace here for the for the rest of these mm-hmm. races. The last race here for those taking quaddies. I looked at all. Well, what have we got here? It's just a big field. It's impossible. A whole lot of fillies have shown bits and pieces of form, but probably haven't yet put together. Could, was surprised to see blank to blank so short in the market here. What's your speed expectation here? And uh, I notice you've got a moderate confidence on the race. Speed expectation, Ralphie. Again, when I look at the profile of what the leaders are going to do, there is this possibility on the slow they could be a length, length and a half below benchmark. Probably I'm leaning to maybe only a 30% chance of that because there's sort of good second wave of horses that can apply some pressure and this is the the ones that that like to be part of the lead pack but not leading but there's a there's three at least three runners that meet that profile and that generally injects another length or two of speed so i have scored it above average but only marginally benchmark plus two is what i'm seeing now if the track's really fast then that could extend so Blank the Bank's favourite, uh, 328 days between runs. It's shown a little bit of talent. To me, it seems like it's been priced on, in quotation marks, stakes form rather than what it's done on the clock to date. Well, obviously, I'm always nervous about the combination Zara-Friedman, right? Yeah. They're 
there's their masters. Any member of the family? They're super not going to try and work out how to outsmart those guys because they're so good at it. Yeah. On the technicals, this is the interesting part. This is what I look at. What do you need to be competitive here? Minus one. Now, this horse has already got that profile just from the Randwick run at second life start. Minus 1.1. It's already there. So it's a year off. Mounting yards obviously going to be important. Surely this isn't their target, but they obviously would want to run big, right? Yep. Everything in terms of setup is negative, but the plus would be this. I, I would say in some ways they're probably disappointed they've drawn two, barrier two, but because if they had drawn a bit wider, I'd say Zara 100% is going to attack those lanes and he's going to try and buy a length or two and then all of a sudden that price could be justified. But I just feel he's drawn incorrectly yep. this race and for that reason it's going to be further back than where it should be or closer than what it should be for first up performance. So that's the only reason why I don't personally like the horse. Can it find a length and be the winner? Yes. Or two, has it got everything in its favour tomorrow? No. Well, Estrella's going to find the lanes. Blake Shin will be going bang right right there, won't, won't he, from that wide barrier? Golden spot. Yeah. Golden spot. And this is... A1 for Mr. Shin. This is where he loves to be, and he's got an above benchmark profile, which is fantastic. He's definitely capable of, uh, or this horse is definitely capable of meeting that criteria. And then when we just talk about the magic, oh, the magic of the stable, Rolfie, well, is it, is it, do you think things will be different now that they've gone on their own? Or? Nope. <laughs> no, no, maybe they've just extended like the octopus, like the octopus, right? Those tentacles have gotten wider. That's all I can think of, right? So this is a, a hot combination in a positive way, and the horse is going to get the golden run. Maybe if there was an overextension of speed, this could upset it. But I, I feel it's highly unlikely with Blake Shin because if they run fast. This horse is going to be three to five off them. If they run even, it's going to be three to five off them. Just golden everywhere you look. What kind of insight can you give us in there, Marissa? Easy win, tight price on debut. Deep odds on, in fact, and uh, and ran to whatever it needed to do to win. What type of insight can you give us there? Well, it was a super easy win, of course, Ralphie. And I actually feel that they've made a good move coming back to the 1100 for this race, Ralphie. I actually feel it's a big, big plus. This horse used way too much energy through the first two sections. Hence the blowout late. Now, when I say the blowout late, it was way too good, right? But yep. it would, it still wasn't going to break benchmark over the last 200 metres. If they allow this horse to breathe a little bit better, which is a big possibility in this race, then we may get to see what this horse is truly capable of. I've sort of scored it at the moment. It's around a benchmark horse with uh, potential upside. So glamorous rounds out for your most advantage. I just want to ask you about one horse, though, because uh, it's 20 to 1. I'll be putting this in the quaddy yep. all and over. Now, the reason for that is only had two starts for the Freemans. It was a New Zealand horse with a bit of talent. Good SP profile. It's Caulfield run here, this track, this distance. They backed it heavily, but it uh, pulled up with a poor recovery. Clearly not right. Then at Moody Valley, a complete overextension. So what do you want to see at the jump out? You want to see that it's that it's back and it's, it's, it's jumping out well. Well, both jump outs have seemingly been very good and doing 
doing exactly what they wanted. What's its level of talent on its New Zealand best? Ralphie, I'm going to make it painless for you, right? Yep. I won't be able to follow you in on that, right? <laughs> I'm just not going to be able to follow you in on that. And this horse is millions, Ralphie. He's millions. Nice He's just, and simple. There you go. Only, only because I see what you're saying, yep. right? And I get it. But what this horse hasn't been able to demonstrate, and, and they need to be doing this in their jump outs, right? This horse is, just doesn't have a finish, right? Yes. So if they can get that, firstly, they're going to get hard fitness into the horse, right? So they're going to have a better finish. This is, to me, like, well, I guess you've got to throw it in somewhere to see where you're at. Okay. Firstly, the quaddy, it's just been cruel to us, Finn's putting a, a two-year-old Phillies uh, race. It's the first leg of the quaddy. It's only because it's a big field. Well, it's, it's not fair for me anyway, and others who take the quaddy, I don't know about you. I don't think you've taken, but um, you've you've put this as low confidence. We'll we'll pick up we'll pick up the pace here. What's your level of thoughts for the Blue Diamond Phillies? Ah, oh, Ralphie, I'm going to have a lot more to say after the event. Right, yeah, that's that's the reality. It's a learning who, race, is what you say. Who, who's the short price favourite? That's probably what I'm more interested yeah, in. Yeah, Bob Bob Bastille because it won a. Uh, Cox Plate, stable's got right. good expectations of it, jumped out well, but it's $2.10 tw- and there's a horse on Cox Plate, it won easily, but it didn't do much on the clock because it's a two-year-old in its first prep. Yeah, so Mark Sarri, he's got, he's on a lot of sharp horses in, in terms of market and it's interesting, it's, it's coming out of the Hayes camp. Well, that 1,000-metre run obviously gives the big, big signal that, 1,100 metres is going to be huge. And how much do you want to factor in to the four-length slowdown between the eight and the four, right? So that's that's probably the big key for me. If I was going to factor in the whole four lengths, then we've got a plus one horse. And if you sort of sit somewhere in the middle, you might have a benchmark minus one. So given that that's the nature of the setup, this is a race where – and this is the, the hard part for me was this – you need a two lengths below benchmark at the moment to profile strong. And a lot of horses can meet that criteria because not, many of them haven't had the opportunity to get a clean run with energy efficiency and they could just explode, right? And this could be one of them is going to be on the, on the pace, could be out, you know, well, high probability of being out of trouble. And it's just only if they completely mismanage the, upfront pace could it be a problem but even then i want to say this with caution if you mismanage the pace up front and go too fast that doesn't really help the others because they're youngsters and they're all going to be tired chasing because yeah they're not going to be ridden with tactics and have all this skeletal strength so it's hard to ignore the on-pace runners and there's a whole group of them that can just explode. And, and you're right, you've got to go very wide here. Well, at least seven or eight horses in the first leg. I'll be taking two. I'll be going one wide and one with her, one out. <laughs> <laughs> I love there it. There's my each way. Okay, let's, we'll go for three more stakes races and we'll do it quickly. The Colts, high octane was super. Uh, first up, barrier one. I probably didn't want it that. And then I look at the jockey on the plate. She knew it just too good. So I'm... I'm Decided I'm back with high octane. But Bodyguard was big first run, which was the first two-year-old race of the season. They can always improve skeletally. Since, since been trial, to get your insights there. And stay focused. Very impressive at Geelong. Obviously, though, needs to improve. Yes, yes. Uh, 
I have no doubt a lot of these horses are going to improve, Ralphie, for sure. Yeah. The interesting thing is, let's first let's go to stay focused. It's already there at the trip, at the distance. Like the way it finished, a little bit of a taper at the end off a good solid pace. I. How do you measure how much a, a two-year-old's going to improve? So you can't just say, oh, it's going to improve condi- from conditioning. It's all about run to run. Do they have another run? I love this stable. There's no doubt there's a big chance this horse may take that next step because it's now had that run at this distance and run with good level of pressure. So it's probably the best of the – is that a, a bit of a price? No, no, there's, there's three alts in the okay. odds, all around $3. High Octane, slight favourite over the other two, Bodyguard and Stay Focused. Right. Now, when we look at High Octane, again, this horse comes in with a around a 0.7 below benchmark. You look at the structure of that 1,000-metre race, three and a half lengths below benchmark first section. Good efficiency in the mid-race with its energy improving around two and a half lengths between the eight and the 400. And then actually had a bit of, a bit of a good finish, plus 2.3 last 400 with a taper at the end. You can see with this horse, like the peak came probably at the 200-metre point, and then it's still won. So this is another horse that everything points to it, more improvement, generally speaking, only because it's had the run. But you've got to go extra 100 metres. It's not a big field. Uh, I know you talked about the barrier. Well, I don't see any of these horses getting in the lanes, right? So probably closer to the fence would be good, but... Would Blake need to do a bit of a Bo Mertens run? But maybe not that far back, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, what's it called? The St. Lord St. George, is it? Uh, right, uh, Peter Young, the uh, race, sorry, the Carline Cup, race five, um, is what we'll call it. Tricky race. There's a few horses. Their best is pretty good. Uh, is the mile right or are they right first up? Uh, and a couple of others have, have shown shown glimpses, but uh, but may have came off a taper. In this case, Foxy Cleopatra off a heavy track miss, and that Ballarat run was very heavy. Is this a, a pass or play race? Well, one thing that I'm really really interested in is I'm very interested in the horse Loft. Yeah, trialed superbly at Geelong. It's a horse that needs 2,500 metres plus, right? Yep. And it's sort of got about a bit of a Melbourne Cup profile, right? When I just a bit of a, a bit of insight on the intel on the work I've done on this horse overseas, and I said, "Geez, you're like on the cusp of being like within a length of what's typically needed to be super competitive in a Melbourne Cup." And I'm looking here, and I'm saying, "Well." If this is going to ring true, this horse should sprint really well fresh. Had a good look at the Geelong trial and I go, wow, you know, like it disposed of a horse like Werther as an example, right? Yep. And now, Werther was slightly behind but couldn't match it speed-wise. And I'm sitting here saying this is going to be a very interesting run for this horse for the future. But I'm only throwing this out there. If it's what I feel it's capable of doing on the clock, then this horse should go very close to winning tomorrow. If I'm right in my assessment, this horse is a genuine high-level Melbourne Cup horse. 
you know what that's telling me. It's telling me just have a quick look at the what the uh, market is for the Australian Cup because I reckon that will be what they'll very much want to take. Right. If uh, yep. if it's if it's in the uh, if it's in in the actual zone that you're saying it's currently in. So that that's a it's a real good sign there. So the Australian Cup will just look at the market here. It's well, it's, is it there? <laughs> I'm going to look right down. So uh, so maybe maybe check out if it's uh, if it's in the market there because that could be their, their their race this spring and then target the Melbourne Cup if they've got it fitting well again. But is it a, is a race as far as being involved tomorrow? Well, it's hard, Ralphie, because yep. me personally, the hit, horse that I'm only really interested in, I, I have some interest in Yonts. Yep. I thought off the long break. Excellent first up run. I know it was only 3.2 lengths below benchmark, but I thought it was a very good first up run, and I wanted to see you know sharp improvement, and there was improvement. Like, improved almost two lengths run to run, and I didn't believe this horse had the right favours in early speed with the step up in 300 metres, but probably an advantage coming into today. I don't know what might have been wrong with this horse, right? Why the long break? Because usually there's something that's gone wrong. But if you go, yeah, do you know, Rafi? It, it's escaped my mind. It was it was a, a fair setback, so that's what they've said. It's a slow build into the Sydney Carnival. Okay. Well, mile profile when it was racing, yep. good, absolutely good enough to win this. I love this. It's just interesting, this combination. And I do see this horse running a, a race that's going to be a lot closer to what it was doing back in 2022, just off the back of the first two runs. But like I said, the horse that I really want to watch tomorrow is Loft. All right. And uh, and finally, the Oldham Stakes here. One of the shortest price favourites of the day is Southport Tycoon. Boy, we know this horse has got real talent, but at 1,400, small field, who does it suit? Oh, Southport, yes, yes. It's mm. very interesting, this horse, isn't it, Ralphie? <sighs> Well, let's look at that last run at Mooney Valley. Wow. 0.3 above benchmark first section. Outside of one other run, it hasn't been asked to run at that speed. And then between the 8 and the 400 metres, it's completely outflanked anything that it's done in its career. I know it's only lightly raced, but 3.2 above. And then actually improved over that last 400 by another three quarters of a length, almost a length over the last 200 metres. And I'm sitting back here saying, well, you're going to be a horse that's going to appreciate more distance. You've obviously come to the race very fit. And then look at this combination. Pretty lethal. Hard horse to um, knock in this race. Everything's in its favour. And if they run with not a lot of speed, it's probably only going to be an enhancer. Nice. So Zipperway's level of talent just as a matchup. Yes, well, zip, zip away. This is probably the, in my view, the best one that's come over from the West out of these few that we're running tomorrow. That last run at Ascot, over 1,800 metres was outstanding. Plus 3.3, third best performance of the day. Absolutely sensational. Tapered late. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say they've made a mistake going 1,800. It was the first time there. Freshen up. This is probably the only horse that can beat South South um, Southport Tycoon. 
All right. Uh, we'll finish on that. We'll uh, touch on the first row races tomorrow, if should we need to. But in the meantime, we really appreciate you being a customer of Year Round Carnival. If you're getting in this for the first time tomorrow, it'll be a 10-minute podcast and it'll be all business, pass or play and being involved. But in the meantime, really appreciate you being a customer.